Welcome to Sports Talk with R and J. I'm your host, Steve Risser, along with my co-host, Justin Anafrio. And it was a great weekend with the NFL draft. I mean, record ratings on ESPN. I mean, a ton of people were watching, a ton of excitement, a ton of entertainment. And it was really just an outstanding weekend with, with the NFL draft. Yeah, it was. It was good to have some sports back. It was good to have something back. Yeah, record setting. I think 22 million were is really, really good. Um, to get something back and something for us to listen, you know, to watch and listen to. Exactly, exactly. So, going into the getting into the draft, we're not going to spend much time in the first two picks. Those are pretty obvious. I mean, obviously, we knew Joe Burrow was going to go to the Bengals, and we knew Chase Young was going to the Redskins, and those obviously will be two franchise changing players for both teams. We know that. So, th- th- those were two pretty obvious picks right there. But we'll start where the draft really began. That was number three. When I was watching the draft and the Lions had that third pick, I was thinking three players. I was thinking Jeffrey Okuda. I was thinking I was thinking they might take Isaiah Simmons or Derek Brown. So it was one of those three guys. But I wasn't surprised they took Okuda. That's the guy I thought they were going to take in my mock draft. And that's the player that I think they needed to take because their pass defense was absolutely horrendous last year. So they needed to take Jeffrey Okuda. So that was a, a really good pick for the Lions there. And then number four was my Giants. And and it was really for me, it was between a tackle. I don't care. I didn't care if it was any of those four tackles. Tristan Wirfs, Andrew Thomas, Makai Becton or Jarek Wells. So any of those four tackles I didn't mind taking. But the guy I wanted wanted the Giants to take was Isaiah Simmons. They did take Andrew Thomas, and I can't complain about that because I wanted them to take a tackle. They needed a tackle. I wanted Isaiah Simmons, but they, they desperately needed a tackle. Mike Rimmers, they, they released Mike Rimmers. Nate Soldier has been a disappointment since he's, since he's been with the Giants. So the Giants desperately needed to take a tackle, and I was happy. They, I, I, it wasn't my first choice. My first choice was Isaiah Simmons, but I was happy they ended up taking a tackle. Yeah, so I'll start the uh, lines at number three. I thought it would be kind of – I had Okuda as well as my on my mock draft because they need a replacement Darius Slay. And as you said, their their secondary was really, really bad a year ago. So they really need that help. And number four for the Giants, yeah, I thought it was going to be um, um, Tristan Wars as well. But they went with Andrew Thomas, who's probably the most ready um, for the NFL. But the thing is he's got a couple more, you know, issues. Bends at the hips, set of the knees. Um you know, so we'll see, we'll see how he does. But, um, yeah, any of those four tackles right there for the Giants, you couldn't have gone wrong with any one of them. No, absolutely, and especially with, with their desperate need to tackle. Yeah. Now we're going to get to the quarterbacks, and we're going to talk all three of them. In, 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 uh, we're going to talk all three of them. But first, we're going to talk about Tua and, and the Dolphins at the number five spot taking Tua Tagovailoa. And I thought that was the right choice. I thought Tua was the best, uh, the better of the two guys out of Justin Herbert and Tua Obviously, when healthy, Tua is clearly better than Herbert. I think Tua is, if he stays healthy, he's going to be a franchise-changing player for the Dolphins. You could argue, too, if Tua didn't get hurt, he would be right there with Joe Burrow being the number one pick. So the Dolphins really lucked out because they had the number five pick, and they still ended up getting Tua. And when we go to our winners and losers of the draft, we'll talk about that, too. But, yeah, that was a big, big, big pick for the Dolphins to, to, to get Tua in the spot they got him in. Yeah, it was, especially at the beginning of the season. It was, you know, take for Tua, you know, as everyone thought he was going to go number one overall. It goes fifth. Miami still grabs him. And, yeah, it's such a high risk and high reward because of the injuries, but it could be so high rewarding because he's got all the potential. You know, I know he's undersized at six foot, um, but he could be the first franchise quarterback in Miami since Dan Marino. So. I mean, you could argue Ryan Tannehill was decent. Yeah, decent. But he's not a franchise quarterback. Yeah. Even though he took the Titans to the AFC Championship game, a lot of that was Derrick Henry. Yes, this is – you are correct there. This is the first franchise quarterback since Marino. Yeah. I, I, well, Chad Penny had a good year or two. Did that one good year in 2008 when they won the division. But That's still, at, right after that, he was, he, was, he was pretty much done. Yeah. So, good you know. Uh, big pick for Miami, and hopefully he can stay healthy because it'll be fun to watch. And here's the question. Will Tua redshirt this entire season? And I say no chance of that happening. Yeah. Is he going to sit – is Ryan Fitzpatrick – because there's a very good chance Ryan Fitzpatrick could start the season as the number one quarterback? Absolutely. But, I mean, I just can't see any scenario. Yes, a lot of people are saying Tua shouldn't play a snap, Tua shouldn't play a snap. But once this team starts losing, are they really going to keep trotting Ryan Fitzpatrick out there when you have Tua – and, and you never know, he could win that job in training camp. I, I just don't see any there being any chance that Tua sits the entire year. My guess is he will, he will play no later than week eight. That's my guess. What's your guess? Yeah, my guess is probably right around there, maybe week six, seven-ish. I think it totally depends on how he feels. Again, it, you know, we haven't been able to kind of see him live or anything. We've kind of just seen videos. Teams haven't even been able to watch him live. 
work out since. So yeah, I'll probably go right around week, you know, week five, week six, depending on how they, you know, and uh, or how they start. You know, I think Miami could maybe you know push for a wild card. Maybe the thing is is. The thing is, this division is wide open, completely yeah. wide open. It's a, there's no Baltimore. There's no Kansas City in this division. What if say say Tua wins the job in training camp? What are you gonna say, oh, we're just gonna play Ryan Fitzpatrick because we want to keep Tua. We we we, we want to just keep Tua. We don't want to get Tua hurt. You don't play professional sports t- to get a guy hurt. You have to take a chance. The better player plays. If Tua wins the job in training camp, he should be the starter. And I'm people think I'm crazy that Tua should start right away. But if he wins the job over Ryan Fitzpatrick, he should be the starter. The starter, especially in a wide open AFC East, with which every team has a chance to win. Yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, yeah, especially it's wide open, and you know, because of course Patriots don't Brady anymore, and they're the only one out of this division that really has not set with a quarterback so far. So I definitely think you know if Tua's healthy week one and he wins the job, you definitely got to start him. You know, go try to win the division if he's the best. Co- if he's the best one to put put your team in a position to win the game, then start him. I don't, you know, then they should start him, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree there. So with the number six pick, this one was pretty predictable. The uh, the, the Chargers drafted uh, Justin Herbert. Is was the best of of the, the of the three guys left, and, and this was pretty predictable. He'll probably again start the year on the bench. Tyrod Taylor will 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 uh, will play to start the year. They could be a little bit. It could be competitive at the beginning with Tyrod Taylor because that's a pretty good roster. But eventually, I think Herbert is going to end up playing. But for this pick, the Chargers absolutely needed a QB, and this was the right pick. Yeah, it was. I think, you know, he's a guy that needs to develop a little bit more, even though he's a four-year start out at Oregon. Wasn't great in the big games. But, yeah, I think definitely he's a guy we could kind of see down towards later in the year, depending on how the Chargers end up. It's not a bad roster, but it's not a great roster. With KC and even Denver, who I think, really improved this last weekend you know they're kind of in no man's land right now um so it'd be interesting how long you know tyra taylor will be out there probably starting yeah now we talk about the shock of the nfl draft where the last quarterback went and this was the complete shock of the draft the packers taking trading up not even sitting at 30 trading up to get jordan love that was the complete shock shock of this draft and and to be honest I don't think Brian Gutekunst did a good job at all in this draft. I think that's – and obviously we get to our winners and losers. They're clearly the biggest loser because you're one game away from going to the Super Bowl. And you have still Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he's not the best. He's not better than Patrick Mahomes. He's not better than Russell Wilson. But he's still a top-five quarterback in this league. And he's still a top-five quarterback in the league. He's hinted no signs of wanting to retire. And you got to take a player that's going to help him Help him and get your team over the hump. We have two Higgins and Michael Pittman Jr. on the board. And now you're taking a player that is, that cannot help your team for the next two years. And you're looking at uh, the dead money that the, the Packers have in Rodgers' Rogers's contract. They're not going to be able to get rid of him. And they'll have, but if they get rid of him, it's a humongous cap hit. This move made absolutely no sense. You're a championship contender. Yes, all right. For the future, it makes a little bit of sense in three, four years because, all right, you have you could have your franchise quarterback after Aaron Rodgers leaves. But that's not the way the game is played in 2020. This isn't 2005. You have to play. You have to play like your contenders this year. You have to get a player that's going to help you for this year. That is an awful job, awful by Brian Gutekunst to to, to take to take not to, to take a quarterback that's in the first round who's not going to help your team this season. I could not stand that pick at all. And I th- and again, it, 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 number one, he's not going to help your team. And number two, it causes dissension in the locker room. Now you're going to have players who can't stand the – we're going to be pro Rodgers and can't stand the GM. Then you're going to have players who are pro – that think the GM is trying to plan for the future. It divides the locker room. It's, it's a terrible, terrible move. Oh, yes, all right. In three, four years, it might end up being a really good move because they might get their franchise quarterback. But in 2020, this is a terrible move. This is not the way you play. And this is the way – this is a way you, – you, you go from being a Super Bowl contender to a team that could have a complete – could have a locker room that's completely divided. Yeah, that was a very head-scratching move by the Green Bay Packers. And at first, when I thought they moved up, I thought, oh, they're going to go get Patrick Queen, the linebacker. We saw it San Francisco in that NFC Championship game just absolutely ran rough shot all over. And clearly they needed some linebacker help. And they go out and trade out and get Jordan Love for a guy that yeah can be sitting on the bench for the next two to three years. I I have no way to 
you know, I have no explanation. It just makes no sense why you're one game away and from the Super Bowl and you, you know, it, it just seems like a rebuilding type of move. It, it, it was pointless and it's very head scratching. I know a lot of Packers fans could not be happy. And the funny thing was, it wasn't even like this sounded like it was playing. Cause I don't know if you heard Aaron Rodgers was on, you know, with Pat McAfee on a show. He, yeah, he said he wanted, he said he wanted another weapon. Yeah. And it didn't even sound like green Bay even called them up and said, Hey, we're going to trade up for Jordan love. We have the chance. So you even blindsided Aaron Rodgers, I think, by this. I was surprised when Jordan Love actually said he got a phone call from Rodgers. The agent, and they have the same agent, and and I think the agent forced him to forced Rodgers to give Love a phone call. I mean, oh, yeah. It, yeah. it's just it's just the move made absolutely no sense. What even makes even more sense is they traded up for him. Yeah, the teams the teams that were uh, teams that were ahead of the Packers, the Titans, the Seahawks, the, the Seahawks, and the Titans. And uh, the Dolphin, no, no, the, not, yeah, not the Dolphin, and the Ravens. They, they don't. They didn't even need a quarterback. They weren't going to take a quarterback. I, I don't get this at all. Why they traded up for him and why they took him? It doesn't help your team in, in 2020 or 2021. I just don't get this at all. And 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 you look, you looked at the stat yesterday. Aaron Rodgers has one touchdown pass to a receiver. That's to to a guy that's been taken in the first round, and that was Mercedes Lewis. So it just made no sense that Green Bay pick at all. It, it didn't, and it's, you know, poor Rodgers, you know. He, he, guy wanted, you know, give the guy one more shot to make a run, and that did not help him. You know, I know we'll talk probably about the Packers later, but yeah, if most of their draft picks really were not anything to actually help them try to make get to the Super Bowl next year. It just it makes no sense. I No, I, no, no. You know, can't explain it. So we'll keep going down the list, the t- down the list in the draft, and we'll, and we'll go back to we'll circle back to that, and we'll get we'll go to the Carolina Panthers at number seven, and they drafted Derek Brown, and when I was I was thinking there it was going to be either pretty much between two players, Isaiah Sim and Derek Brown, they need a cornerstone of that defense. Luke Keekley retired, and I think that the uh, I think that I would have went Isaiah Simmons, but you can understand them taking Derek Brown right there, a really good pick, could be a really really good defensive tackle and the cornerstone of that defense for years to come for the Panthers. Yeah, definitely. I he, they definitely could have gone either Brown or Simmons, either or. I think they're both going to be sensational NFL players. Derek Brown is just kind of a beast on the line, six foot five, three twenty six. Um, you know, he's just a force on that line. And I kind of liked what Matt Rule kind of did. They just picked all defense. Yeah, they took Yetter Gross, Matos in the second round. All defense didn't take any offensive players. Yeah, which is you know that defense I think was the worst in franchise history last year. So. Uh, you know, makes sense. I think he got better, especially Derek Brown now to help up out front. Up front, um, they get more pressure because they did not do a really good job at, at all last year. No, no, and especially stopping the run too. They were ter- he's a good run stopper, and they were they were not good stopping the run last year at all. That was that that was a good pick by the Panthers there. Number eight, the Cardinals. I know some people didn't like the Cardinals pick because they didn't take a tackle, but I, I was I was thinking there. Isaiah Simmons was on the board. I was thinking they need a tackle, but I just didn't see them passing Isaiah Simmons, and they absolutely didn't. I mean, Isaiah Simmons was the best player on their board, and he's going to be he's going to be a really good player with the Cardinals. Pair him on that defense with Chandler Jones. That's that defense is definitely going to be improved next year. That team overall is really improved this offseason you know trading for deandre hopkins drafting isaiah timmons they're in in kyler murray's second year they very easily could make the playoffs so i i really think that the cardinals that was that was a good pick at isaiah simmons at number eight yeah that was definitely a solid pick it's the best player on the board definitely could have gone tackle but if isaiah simmons comes landing your lap like they did yeah you definitely got to take him um he's just so versatile play linebacker corner safety um we saw him in the now both games of playoffs, really good talent. Um, you know, can do it all, you know, on down defense side of the ball. So yeah, really good pickup for Arizona. Uh their defense was, you know, wasn't great last year, and they really got a nice piece to kind of help out Chandler Jones and uh the rest of the defense. Absolutely, absolutely. I think this is a potential sleeper team next year. This could be a playoff team, the Arizona Cardinals. Tough division, but this could definitely be a wild card team next year. Uh, we look at the Browns at ten. I think it was pretty obvious where they were going to go when they couldn't. Uh, they couldn't get a. Tra- they couldn't trade for. Tra- they couldn't end up trading for Trent Williams. It was pretty obvious where they were going to go, and they went. Uh, they went tackle with uh, Jedrick Wills Jr. I think the plan for Kevin Stefanski is they're going to run the football. They got two really good run blocking offensive linemen with with Wills and uh, Jack Conlon, and, and they got Jack Conlon free agency. Wills in the draft. This team's going to be a run first team, and Kevin Stefanski has really made that clear. Yeah, they have. Um, Wills is so good at you know um, a, on the, in the run game, um, black and white. Passing's got to get a little bit better. 
but definitely, yeah, they're definitely trying to get it get much better up front. That up that front seven. Um, it should be exciting to watch the. You know, we'll see Cleveland Brown, especially when you got Nick Chubb in the backfield. Um, you know, we'll see how it kind of works out, but uh, definitely a solid pick. I guess with the three tackles left, there was, you know, no really wrong option. At number 11, we got the Jets, and I wanted them to get Jerry Judy. I think that was my first choice for the Jets was to get Jerry Judy, get Sam Darnold, that really good weapon on offense. But they made the choice, which I thought in their mock draft they would do, is to protect Sam Darnold, and they end up choosing to take Mekhi Becton, and they've done a lot to this offensive line this offseason. So Sam Darnold better get some protection. Joe Doug- because or, or Joe Douglas could – I mean, it was his first year. He started his second year. He could be in trouble because they've done a ton this offseason on that offensive line. Their offensive line better protect Sam Darnold because they passed on Jerry Judy, so their offensive line can protect Darnold. Yeah, I, I had um... – the Jets taking Jerry Judy just because, you know, they traded their number one wide receiver away, right? Um, Anderson to Carolina. Um, so I really thought they were going to get Judy. They get Beaton, who, yeah, he's a big, one of the biggest linemen we ever seen come out six foot seven. Um, there, you know, there were concerns about the, um, the drug, you know, what happened, with, you know, the drug incident or whatever. Um, so it should be, you know, interesting, but. Yeah, I guess, you know, you do need to keep your franchise quarterback protected. That's what they're doing. And maybe also trying to help, you know, Le'Veon Bell because he, you know, was not great last year in the run game. So maybe even help and trying to help out that running game this offseason or next season, I mean. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we look at the uh, number uh, 12 pick, and that is the Oakland Raiders. And I – to be honest, I know they needed a wide receiver, but I think they took the wrong wide receiver. I, I, I think that they – I didn't like this pick with Henry Ruggs. I, I do like Henry Ruggs. I think he's a really – he's a burner. He's really fast. But I would have taken Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb. I think they – those are clearly the best two receivers in the draft. Uh, Henry Ruggs was one of – was the third best receiver on his team last year. I was not the biggest fan of uh, Henry Ruggs, so I, I didn't love this pick. Even though the Raiders needed a receiver, I didn't love this pick by the Raiders. Yeah. Um, I thought they were going to go C.D. Lamb. But this kind of seems like an old kind of Al Davis type of pick. That kind of speed guy, yeah, like that, you know, that guy could just fly down the field. It kind of seemed like an Al Davis type pick. Um, but yeah, I thought, you know, CD is, um, you know, Ruggs that was not great. Um, you know, hasn't really faced much press coverage last year at Alabama, but clearly, you know, he really could not press coverage him. Yeah. It was interesting, but you know, I think I, I think he'll be solid, a solid weapon for Derek Carr next season, um, because they do need that number one. And could he step up now and be the kind of one guy for? Him. I was like, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Because you look at the you look at the receiving core, uh, Tyrell Williams, uh, uh, Hunter Renfro. They definitely need a number one receiver. But I don't. I would have taken C.D. Lamb or uh, or, or Jerry Judy to be that number one, not not Henry Ruggs. So we look at the uh, number thirteen pick, and the 49ers, the you know, the Bucks traded up with the 49ers to make that pick. And, and and we didn't know this while the draft was going on that Joe Staley retired. So the I think I think the Buccaneers because they wanted to tackle because they they haven't resigned uh to Demir Dotson so they 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 thought they 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 knew that the 49ers were thinking of taking a tackle and that's about we didn't because we thought that Joe Staley wasn't retiring but the, but Joe Staley ended up retiring but the Bucks ended up trading up to get Tristan Wirfs and I think this is a good pick to get protection for Tom Brady. Yeah, it's because they do need that was kind of one one of the weaknesses last year for the Bucks was offensive line. Um, there's no you know big difference here between any of those top four tackles so you know and Brady loves to have his protection I think it Tampa is probably you know a Super Bowl contender now with what they've added now Gronk that wide receiving core they had another one in the draft the solid pick so yeah and I think Wars was probably I thought on my back draft he was gonna go fourth he ends up going 13 they trade up and you know Niners are probably um you know, um, regretting that decision now that Joe Staley retired. Yeah, but they did get Trent Williams, though. Yeah, they did. They did, which was a nice pickup for him. Yeah, I mean, that's almost like an upgrade over Joe Staley. Yeah, with his age and injuries. But, um, yeah, I think really solid pick for the Bucks, And as, you know, we know they're going to be pretty good next year. Yeah, yeah. So we are going to we'll go to San Francisco. They only traded down one spot. And I would, again, 
And you know how I'm, I'm easy to th- and listen to this, you'll probably think I'm a big Jerry Judy guy. I would have, again, went Jerry Judy if I was the 49ers. I would have felt like that would have been a steal there. They uh, they lost Emmanuel Sanders in free agency to the Saints. I thought Jerry Judy would have been a steal there. That's why I had, that's where in my back draft I had him. I had Judy going. But I can understand Javon Kinlaw, though. They lost to Forrest Buckner. They traded. They basically traded that that number 13 pick to get to, to – to, uh, they traded that – the Colts traded that number 13 pick uh, to – for the Niners to, for, to, to get DeForest Buckner from the Niners. So that's pretty much why they got the number 13 pick because they traded uh, DeForest Buckner. So that's why I, I wouldn't mind Javon Kinlaw. I think he's a he's, he's a really good, really good player. I think he won't be, obviously, be as good as DeForest Buckner, but definitely a replacement at defensive tackle for the Niners. Yeah, the Niners love going with their defensive line on the in the first round. I'm excited to see him play. He really good last year for the Gamecocks. Um, and no, another soft pick is we saw kind of how – Dominant that defensive line was a year ago, and now they kind of add to it, getting the replacement for DeForest Buckner. So really solid pick, but pick up for the Niners, and they pretty much got their pick back from, as you said, trading for 13 for Buckner. Denver at number 15, I really, really like this pick. Getting Jerry Judy, I think another receiver. I think, obviously, I, they got KJ Hamler, too, so they got a really good receiving core, but they got another receiver probably on the other side on the other side of Cortland Sutton. Really good pick for the Denver Broncos. I, re- I li- really like this this pick for the Broncos getting Jerry Judy, and I like this Broncos team in the upcoming season. I think they're a sleeper playoff team. Oh, yeah, I love what Denver did. Is when you play in the same division as Patrick Mahomes, you're really not going to be able to shut him down. So you got to be able to keep up with them, and that's exactly what Denver did this weekend. Jared Judy, a great pickup. Now with uh, Cortland Sutton, Sutton and KJ Hamler, um, very explosive. And Drew Locke right now, as we saw towards the end of last season, looks like he could be Denver's franchise quarterback as they've been searching for that the last since Manny retired. Um, but, yeah, it's just a solid pickup for Denver. They definitely, I could definitely see them giving KC a run for the money in the division. Falcons take uh, AJ AJ Terrell from Clemson. It, a little bit of a reach there, but obviously they needed a corner. They wanted to try to move up, maybe get CJ Henderson. But they weren't able to do that, so they get the next best thing, and they get AJ AJ Terrell from uh, Clemson. Yeah, this one was a little. This one was a breach a little bit. I think Ter- Terrell's pretty good, um, but I think he was a later first round pick. They did, you know. I think this was one where they just need they need a cornerback, so let's just take them. That's I, you know, one of those things right there. They they did need help in the secondary. Yeah, talking about a team that took the best player on the board, and that was the Dallas Cowboys getting CD Lamb. And that's going to be an offense with Ezekiel Elliott, uh, um, Amari Cooper, Dak, uh, CD. That's going to be a really really explosive offense. The issue though for Dallas is their defense is really going to struggle because they didn't really address it until they they did get Trayvon Diggs. They did get uh, Bradley and I, but they really didn't address it in this first round. So the defense is going to be a struggle for Dallas, but this offense could be one of the top offenses in the NFL. Yeah, well, and the thing about you know this wide receiving court now, a team's number three cornerback is going to have to guard C.D. Lamb week in and week out. So you know that's going to be dangerous right there. And you know Dak, with that franchise tag wants that big money contract. They gave you know Dallas gave him three big. He's got three big um, wide receivers now that he's got to use. So yeah, watch out. You know Dallas offense this year is going to be pretty good. Defense not so much. How you start a team in the NFL is you got a quarterback and a, a tackle, and that's exactly what the Dolphins did. They they went they went out in this first round and they got Austin Jackson out of USC, and now they got now they got the tackle for Tua Tagovailoa. So it's going to be they got their quarterback and they got their tackle. They did. I thought Jackson was a little bit of a reach, though. Eddie. I agreed there, too. I read that on Pro Football Focus. He was a little bit of a reach there. Yeah, he was, but Miami must like something in him. It's going to be a project at the beginning, but bigger guy, played at USC. Um, but, yeah, you know, especially for Tua to have all the injury, injury concerns that he has, you need all the protection you, you can get around him. So I still, you know, it was a smart move to go off into lineman. Probably wasn't the best one on the board, but who knows in a couple of years or so. Uh, we go to Oakland. That was, this was a reach, getting Damon Arnett. I didn't like this pick at all. I said, you know, one of my you're going to know we go to our winners and losers, another one of my losers of the draft. And I didn't like this pick for the Raiders at all. I, I, mean, I mean, Las Vegas Raiders. I think I said Oakland, but yeah, I don't like this pick at all for the Raiders with uh, getting a. Uh, 
uh, Damon Arnett. I think this is a major reach. Even though they need a corner, this was definitely a reach for the Raiders. Yeah, it was. And I think when CJ, I think C, they wanted CJ Henderson, they must have thought he was still going to be there. And I think they ended up just looking at their board and just, I, you know, somebody, because I think it's, he had the second high vertical at the combine, I believe. And I think, you know, Raiders must have just saw that and said, let's go get him because, um, there was much better option because this guy you probably could have got late in the second third or probably in the third round. So yeah, this is a total reach. I I didn't understand this one by the Raiders. I think it was a panic move. Jacksonville at number 20, they had another first round pick uh, resulting in them trading eight uh, Jalen Ramsey to the Rams. That this was the, it was originally the Rams pick, but they, uh, but the Jacks, tra- the uh, Rams traded for Jalen Ramsey. So the Jaguars got this first round pick and they took uh KV on chase on and, and look at the Jaguars. I mean, their roster is so bad and then there's a good chance and they didn't trade Yannick and which they probably should have during the draft, but they didn't. So, and that's going to, that's going to be a mess this off season, but they ended up getting a defensive end, uh, 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 KV on chase on he doesn't have that much experience a lot of raw talent but he has he has some good upside there yeah he does have a bunch of upside raw and he's got some in, he's had some injuries too where he's missed some time um but i you know i think they can develop this guy because right now they're not in win mode anyway so the worst thing in the world for them right now anyways is it's not the worst thing to develop some talent and hopefully three four years down the line they can come back you know get another shot at the AFC championship or Super Bowl. So we'll see, but I think it's a solid pickup for Jacksonville. Um, you know, right here in first round. We go on number 21 to the Eagles. This was an interesting pick. You knew they were going to take a wide receiver, but not the wide receiver. They took, they, they, the Eagles took uh Jalen, uh, Jalen Rieger over uh, Justin, Je- Justin Jefferson. And uh, I, I question this pick. I, I, I like Justin Jefferson better than Jalen Rieger. Jalen Rieger only had 600 yards receiving at TCU, even though, even though that the quarterback play wasn't that good there. So I definitely question this. I don't, and you know, I'm questioning Howie Roseman's a tough thing to do. because He's one of the top GMs in football, but I question them taking Jalen Rieger number 21 overall. Yeah. I was surprised they went Rieger instead of Justin Jefferson. That was a little bit surprising to me. You know, because especially he didn't even run a good uh, forward at the combine. Um, I know his agent said it was like water weight or whatever, but still, it didn't seem like he had an impressive combine. So, yeah, it was a very questionable move. I think he could be good, 5'11". Um, somebody was, I heard his kind of comparison was to a Deshaun Jackson type. So maybe that's kind of why they liked it. It's, you know, it's had a, Deshaun Jackson's had a really solid career. So maybe that's kind of what they're thinking they could do for Rieger. Um, that's kind of the only thing I have on that, you know, why they may have went Rieger instead of Justin Jefferson. And once the Vikings picked at 22, and this was the pick they got from the Bills for Stefan Diggs, you knew they were taking a wide receiver, and you and you knew they were taking – they had to take Justin Jefferson there. You pretty much knew they were taking Jeff, Justin Jefferson, and they did. Good pick for the Vikings there to get Jefferson. Yeah, so, um, you lost Stefan Diggs, so you got to add him with somebody, and Justin Jefferson's that type of guy. Um you know, he was kind of a security kind of blanket for Joe Burrow last year. Um, but he still had a really, really solid year. Um, very good hands. I This is a great pick for the Minnesota Vikings to get for Kirk Cousins. No surprise to anyone. The Patriots traded down with their number 23rd overall pick. And they traded and they traded to the Chargers who got – who they and the Patriots got a second and third round pick for this guy. But the Chargers get Kenneth Murray. Chargers were in desperate need of an inside linebacker. Kenneth Murray was, is a really good run-stopping linebacker. And I think I think they gave up a little bit too much for him. But still, a, it fills a hole for the – fills a need for the Chargers. Yeah, it does. They, you know, they did give up a bunch. Um, as a Patriot fan, I'm fine with that. Um, kind of disappointed. We traded our first round pick, but with Bill, I guess there should be no surprises to me. Um, yeah, this Kenneth Murray is a big time playmaker. Um, super quick. Um, you know, we'll see. Sometimes out of control. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But I think this is a really solid pick for the LA Char- for the LA Chargers. At number 24, the uh, Saints take Caesar Ruiz. They have the best roster in the league, so they could have really went anywhere. And I think this is a pick to really improve this offensive line. Yeah, um, good job. Um, picking up another interior lineman, side interior lineman. We'll see, you know, um, Michigan. But yeah, good pick for yeah one of the best rosters right now, in, or one probably the best roster in the NFL right now. The Niners traded up 
for the uh, for the number twenty five pick. They traded they traded up they traded into the Vikings and Niners that had a trade. And the reason the, uh, the the Niners made this trade is they probably thought for sure for sure that the Packers were going to take Brandon Ayuk with the uh, with with the number with the thirtieth pick. They probably thought for sure they were gonna, they were going to take him with that pick, but. As, as, it, as it ended up, we all know what happened there. But the Niners, they get Brandon Ayuk, they get their receiver to 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 replace Emmanuel Sanders. It won't be as good as Emmanuel Sanders, but I think he's gonna Ayuk will help this offense this year. Yeah, he will. Needs a little bit of volume. He's still kind of learning the position, newer at playing wide receiver, but definitely he's even a guy that could help him in the return game. And yeah, then Niners must have thought like the rest of us, like they were that the Packers are gonna take a wide receiver, and of course, you know. We were all wrong on that, but uh, yeah, this guy's gonna be able to help out Jimmy Garoppolo in that offense Friday day one. Yeah, and uh, yeah, definitely, absolutely. So at number twenty six, I think we knew. We obviously we talked about what happened there with with the Packers. We talked about we we discussed that. We'll discuss that in the winners and losers in the draft. And then now the fat last six picks. I'm just gonna go through all of them. I mean, uh, Jordan Brooks to the Seahawks, pretty good linebacker, but they passed on Patrick Queen. I thought the Seahawks could have done better than that. Ravens love the pick getting Patrick Queen at number twenty-eight. Uh, number twenty-nine, the uh, the Titans get Isaiah Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia. I think that was a little bit. I think that was a little bit of a reach there. I mean, but they needed a right tackle because they lost Jack Conlon. Uh, this is the one name I'm not going to be able to pronounce out of the first round. I'm just warning you right now. Uh, the Dolphins. They got. Do you know the you know the guy's name? The corner from Auburn. The Dolphins got. I'm probably going to botch it too. It's like in the bone he. I I think I'm wrong. But yeah, I can't really pronounce it either. That yeah, and obviously th- they need players. That surprised me a little bit. They went corner because they got Xavier, and ha- Xavier and Howard. They gave Byron Jones seventeen million in the offseason. That was a little bit of a surprise that they went corner there with their with their with their th- with their third first round pick at uh, thirty one. And I told you last Thursday the Vikings were not going to walk out of this first round without taking a corner, and they absolutely did, taking uh, Jeff. Uh, Gladney out of TCU. So I, and I, and I like that pick for the Vikings. They need, they definitely needed a corner. And I really like that pick for the Vikings. And the last pick I really like too. I like uh, the chiefs getting a uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, very similar to Brian Westbrook. We all remember Brian Westbrook when he was with the Eagles. Andy Reid totally knew, to, totally knew how to utilize him. I think, I think Reid's going to totally utilize him the same way. I really, really like that pick for the Vikings getting, uh, no, I mean, I mean for the, for the chiefs getting Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And that's actually, I guess Andy Reid actually asked Patrick Mahomes who we want in the first round. Maybe that's something that the Packers should do with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually have communication with your quarterback. Yeah, how about Matt LaFleur? Have some communication with what Aaron Rodgers wants. Not make it all about you. That's how you That's how you win now in the NFL, okay? Yep. That's exactly how you win. That's how you win. I mean, that's why you got to communicate there. So we're going to go to our uh, winners and losers of the draft, and uh, we'll start with the, the we'll start with the winners. And one of my top winners is the Baltimore Ravens. Outstanding job by Eric DaCosta in this draft. Did did a, did a really good job. Started in the first round with Patrick Queen. The Ravens needed a middle linebacker. They got they got a really athletic middle linebacker in Patrick Queen there. Uh, second round, they get J.K. Dobbins. And you look at uh, Mark Ingram. Going into and this is a really I really love this pick because look at Mark Ingram going into his thirties he might he's he may not probably won't give you the same production he gave you last year and then you add a, another running back with J.K. Dobbins there they can split the carries they can split carries in the backfield I and that's the Ravens bread and butter that has been their identity since Lamar Jackson has taken over as the quarterback is to run the football I love the pick getting uh getting J.K. Dobbins there having him and Ingram in the same backfield I think this team is gonna have a a great running game. I'm really high on this Ravens team this year. I really like that pick getting J.K. Dobbins. And I also really like really like the pick getting Malik Harrison. He led Ohio State in tackles, another linebacker. Linebacker was a weakness on this team. So they really improved their linebacking core and they upgraded their and they uh they, they their backfield they they added to their backfield too. I really, really like this Ravens draft. My second winner is the Miami Dolphins. And it's not for anything else they did in this draft other than getting to a tug of Iola because if you told me before in the preseason that the Dolphins would have the number five pick, not have to trade anything, and they would still get Tua, I'd call you. i say you're crazy. But the Dolphins were able to get to keep to, to, to get Tua, and and not have to trade any trade up for him. That that was that, that's why to me they're one of the winners in this draft because of what they did to to, to stay at five and end up getting Tua. That's why they're one of the winners in this draft to me. Uh, another another one of my winners is the is the is the Indianapolis Colts, and they didn't have a number a first round pick, but you could kind of call it a Forrest Buckner their first round pick because they gave up their first round pick to get to Forrest Buckner. But in the second round, they did an outstanding job. 
I really like the pick of Michael Pittman Jr. You know, T.Y. Hilton missed six games, the injury last year, and they need to upgrade that receiving core. They really did a really, really good job get, getting Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Taylor, obviously really good running back, a great running back at Wisconsin. And Andy's going to be paired with Marlon Mack. That could be one of the top running games in the league right there for the Colts. I'm telling you, looking at this draft, Andrew looks sitting there saying, why did I retire? I mean, look, this is the best roster I would have ever had in my career if I, if I didn't retire. And then adding and, Jacob Eason as well. Yeah, we'll, talk, we'll, definitely, we'll, we'll definitely discuss that. Julian Blackman in the third round, Jacob Eason. Here's the thing about Jacob Eason. This is the right spot for me. And you know me with offensive lines. I don't think they're as good as they used to be. But still, I think the Colts offensive line is really good. This is the place Jacob Eason needed to go to. It, he's got a, court, a guy who know a former quarterback as the head coach in Frank Wright. You got a good offensive line, so he's going to have pretty good protection. He's because he's not a mobile quarterback, but his arm he's got he's got a great arm. This I'm going to tell you what's gonna, what could happen with Jacob Eason this year. This team because Philip Rivers is kind of uh, Philip Rivers is pretty much done. I, I didn't love the signing of Philip Rivers, so this team could potentially be like six and eight, seven and eight going into week sixteen or week seventeen. And Jacob Eason's going to could could get a chance to play in late, really late in the season. And he's got to make that one of his best games, so the Colts know that. So, so he, the Colts know what direction they want to go in quarterback. If he plays a really good game, if he gets in at the end of the season, plays a really good game, they might make him their fran- they, they could potentially think of him as being their franchise guy. But if he's terrible in one of those two of those games, they're gonna they're gonna look to the draft to get their next franchise guy. So that's what that's that's the thing. That's the reality of third and fourth round, third, fourth, fifth round picks, quarter, especially quarterbacks in the NFL these days is. When you get that opportunity, you got to take advantage of it. So that's, but I do do just love love the Colts the Colts draft. I think they're one of the winners with getting Pittman, getting Jonathan Taylor, and they potentially could have gotten their franchise quarterback in Jacob Eason. Another one of my winners, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I like them getting Justin. They, they addressed it. They lost Stephon Diggs. They lost three corners in in the offseason, and they lost uh, Everson Griffin. And they were Everson Griffin still a free agent, but still. They they did a really good job trying to replace all those guys. I mean, they got Justin Jefferson in the first round. They got Jeff Gladney in the first round. They I like the uh, Isaiah Cleveland. I think I like that pick. And I like that pick in the second round. I, I like getting Cameron Dantzler, another corner. So they got two corners there, and they got James Lynch, who was an All American. So I really really like Rick Spielman, one of the top GMs in football. Did a really good job in this draft. And my last winner is the Bucks trading up for Tristan Wirfs. They needed a they needed a tackle to protect Tom Brady. Good good move there. Uh, Antoine Winfield to improve that secondary. You know, his dad played in the NFL, played for the Bills and the Vikings uh, in, in the in, in the in the 2000s. And you've got a uh, Kashawn Vaughn to improve that running game because they lost Peyton Barber to the Redskins. Now you can improve that running game with uh, with Ronald Jones, so you could have a, 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 a an average to you could have a pretty good run game there too. So I really really like those are my five winners: uh, the the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Colts, the Bucks, and the Vikings. Who are your winners, Justin? My winners, I got Baltimore as with you, Patrick Queen. I think he could kind of fill step up here and kind of be, you know, the guy they lost in CJ Mosley um, two off seasons ago. So I think you know he can kind of bring that spark back. And I they got so much better. It's a fourteen and two team a year ago, and you kind of think there's not many ways that you can improve a fourteen and two roster, but I really think they did. I think J.D. J.K. Dobbins will be the best running back out of this class draft class. I really like the kid and how he runs five foot nine, two ten, runs like a truck. Um, I I really like it, especially with Ingram's growing age, especially as they run the Ravens run the ball so much. I really did like that pick. Um, also one of my winners are the Vikings, as with you. Yeah, they got the wide receiver and they did a bunch in the secondary, getting Gladney. Um, Cameron Dantzler from Mississippi State, also Harrison Hand. Um, so they did, they did a very good job and even getting a safety in Brian Cole and they had the most picks too. They had 15, I believe it was. And I think all 15 of them were pretty solid, uh, pickups for them. Number three are the Arizona Cardinals. They didn't have a ton of picks. They only had, um, six, but I think all of them were pretty solid. Isaiah Simmons was the best one on the board. And then you got Josh Jones, who you got in the, with the, in the third round, who potentially on my mind draft? Oh yeah, a bunch were first rounders. So. Yeah, that, that that's a steal right there getting Josh Jones. And, and yeah. I mean, it's a, for to play right to play right tackle next year. That is a steal to get Josh Jones in that spot. They were one of my honorable mentions, but yeah, they're, that's a steal right there to get him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's a solid pickup. He can come in and play right away for him. 
Um, number four, the Miami Dolphins. I think they got better as well. They've gotten better this offseason. Um, they're not going to be like the, you know, the doormat of the AFC East this year. Um, I really liked what they did. I know they reached a little bit on Jackson, but I wasn't concerned about, you know, a little bit concerned about that. But um, I also, I, I know this one's off the board and seventh rounder, but I like Malcolm Perry. Um, I know they're probably changing with as a wide receiver. They put him as down as he was a former Navy quarterback, but I really like him. I think maybe they could do kind of some Taysom Hill like package for him maybe in Miami. Um, especially maybe if two is not healthy, maybe things aren't going right. I could definitely see that. Um, I kind of like that off the wall pick. And my last one is the Denver Broncos, just because of how much better their offense got this that last weekend. Judy, Hamler, um, they got Albert O from Missouri. One of Drew Lock's former teammates, a tight end. I'm not even going to pronounce his last name. Even Tyree, um, Tyree Cleveland from Florida. Um, at his size, I thought he could be a higher draft pick, but his um, you know, kind of stats, he didn't kind of break out like a lot of people thought he would at Florida. Um Maybe he can find his potential in the NFL. I think he'd be another solid wide receiver for the Denver Broncos because, as I said before, to be in the same division with Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have to be able to score points, a lot of them, and Denver should be able to do that next year with the gunslinger, uh, Drew Locke. I would have had – I was close to having Denver there, but I just didn't like the handler pick in the second round. I would have went offensive tackle or I would have went defensive tackle. I, I just think they're too loaded at receiver now. I think they, there were other needs to that team in the second round they should have addressed. I, I And I know I'm a Penn State fan. I like K.J. Handler, but he's a 5'9 receiver. I think he was more of a third-round pick than a second-round pick. So I, I, would have had, I would have had them there, but – I would have them there, but I just didn't like their second round pick. Yeah, I just left year two that you had uh, that I didn't was Tampa and Indy. I, I, they were like six and seven for me. Yeah. I, so, so let's go over our losers of this draft. And we all know the number one loser is it's so obvious it's the Green Bay Packers. It's just so, it's, so, it's, it's so obvious. I mean, Jordan Love, you can't really explain why they made that pick at the time they did and traded it up for him. You even knew right when they made that pick. It didn't matter what they did in that draft. They were they were going to be one. They were going to be the biggest loser in this draft because you take a guy in the first round who's not going to help your team for two years. And uh, uh, if you look at the other picks, they got they got AJ Dillon. I mean, props, New London kid from New England, Connecticut, BC. So and uh, they got a, a, a run blocking tight end too from Cincinnati. But the biggest thing, biggest takeaway here, I, I don't like this draft at all. I, I think this draft did not help Aaron Rodgers or made Aaron Rodgers happy. We know when you make Aaron Rodgers unhappy, we saw that. Uh, in 2018, you know, he checked out on Mike McCarthy. He could check out on Matt LaFleur. And they could, then, you know, this draft, Matt LaFleur had his fingerprints all over it. He saw how he saw what happened with this team in the NFC Championship game, the way they lost to the 49ers, the way the 49ers ran the ball down their throat. He wants to mimic what they do. I don't mind the philosophy when you have Aaron Rodgers and he's still a top five quarterback. You need to draft him a receiver. And in the deepest receiver draft, 36 wide receivers taking most of most in NFL draft history, you did not take a wide receiver. Inexcusable. That's why they are the biggest loser in this draft. And all right, so we go to number two, and I'm going to go to the Oakland Raiders. I'm telling you, I, uh, I like I like Henry Ruggs, but he's not better than CeeDee Lamb. He's not better than Jerry Judy. And I would have went one of the, with one of those two receivers. I, Henry Ruggs, the third best receiver on his team. I did not love that. I did not. I, 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 I like Henry Ruggs, but I didn't like taking him where the Raiders took him. And then uh, uh, Damon Arnett was a total reach. We went over this. I mean, th- th- this is why the Raiders had an opportunity to improve this roster, uh, improve this roster this year. And I don't think they really improved this roster that much. I, I really don't think they improved the roster. I didn't like. I didn't like their draft and the, the reach for getting Arnett and the pick of Ruggs passing on on Lamb and Judy. That's why I have them as another one of my losers in this draft. Third, the Chicago Bears, and 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 the Bears have a bunch of tight ends. And their when their biggest need, the biggest reason why the Bears struggled offensively last year is they had trouble running the ball, and their offensive line was bad. Uh, and 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 the Bears took Cole Komet out of Notre Dame, and they have and they already have a tight end in Jimmy Graham. So, to me, I didn't like Ryan Pace's draft. I thought that that they needed to address that running back position. Maybe they think David Montgomery's gonna have a better year than he had last year. But you had J.K. Dobbins, you had Jake, you had, you had J.K. Dobbins on the board, and uh, you, you didn't take him. And then and and the, and the Ravens ended up taking him. And I think with, with with Dobbins on the board, and then you and you end up taking a tight end when you need another running back. I didn't like that pick at all. Also, they had. 
Isaiah Cleveland on the board when they needed a tackle. Their offensive line was, according to Pro Football Focus, was ranked 27th overall last year. And I, I didn't like, I just didn't like those two, uh, didn't like them not getting a tackle. They didn't take, they didn't take a tackle until the seventh round. They really didn't even take a running back. I, that's why I think the Bears were another one of my losers in this draft. The fourth loser is the New England Patriots. Yes, I don't mind getting a, a Josh Eich and Alf, I'm trying to, try to pronounce his name, uh, Anthony Jennings, and, they're, and I think they're decent players. I think Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene, and we'll get to the Patriots we talk about, we get more in-depth with the Patriots, but I thought they were one of the losers in this draft, and here's the biggest reason why. In the deepest wide receiver class, deepest wide receiver draft, you didn't take a wide receiver. That was, let's be honest, Belichick didn't have a good draft. It, the Patriots wide receivers were absolutely, outside of Edelman, were absolutely terrible last year. All right, they might be praying that Nikhil Harry could become what they think he's going to be, but that's just hope. You know, I think the the Patriots did a poor job not taking a receiver, and the biggest issue was they didn't take a quarterback. And I'm thinking with the fifth round pick with Jacob Fromm out there, why not just take a chance? I mean, geez, I mean, you end up taking a kicker. I, I know you need a kicker. I get it. They lost Gotowski, but you take a kicker with that pick. Come on now, you have Jacob Fromm out there, and you did. You have a very unproven quarterback in Jared Stidham. I, I just this this draft to me for the Patriots did not make did not make any sense at all. And lastly, the uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the with the Eagles, and, and it's tough for me to criticize the Eagles because they beat my Giants like a drum for the last decade. And I think Howie Roseman is still a really good GM. I just had some issues uh, with his draft. I mean, taking Jalen Rieger over uh, over just over Justin Jefferson, I had some issues with that. And the number the, the, the biggest issue was with their second round pick. Again, how is Jalen Hurts going to help your football team? Why are you taking a player that's not going to help your football team in the second round? That makes no sense at all. At all. Why are you doing that? And, and I just think that, that Jalen Hurts pick made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Uh, yes, he's going to play in some Wildcat pack. He's going to play in the Wildcat a little bit. But how often are you in the Wildcat during the game? Carson Wentz is in his prime. You paid him over $100 million to be your starting quarterback. Don't I know he's, I know he's had issues with injuries. But you don't bring in another quarterback when you have, you have issues at linebacker and in your secondary. You need to improve that instead of taking a guy who's not going to help your team. So that's why the Eagles are 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 my or another or one of my losers in the draft as well. So my five losers are the Packers, Raiders, Bears, Patriots, and Eagles. Justin. All right, my five. I'll start with the worst one. And again, there's no disagreement. I think there's no disagreement. Most of the world is the Green Bay Packers. The Jordan Love pick. We've been over it a bunch, so I won't. I harp on it too much more, but it makes no sense. The second pick um, when they got A.J. Dillon, for me, was that one the surprising one as well. Congrats. I, you know, A.J. Dillon, the new Olympic kid, I remember he ran for like 200, I think, on UConn, uh, found away a couple years ago. But the thing was, he's going to probably be your third string running back in the fall. Like, why? He's not going to, you know, what help does he have? Um, what help? Does he bring it next year? He's the third. He's probably gonna be the third string running back. So that's also where I didn't like it. You didn't pick a wide receiver, as you mentioned. I didn't understand that one. Um, their linebacker, I think um, Camille Martin from Minnesota. I think that was a reach. That I think he was like a seventh round, you know, late seventh rounder, I believe. Um, kind of potential. Oh, I did not like the Green Bay Packers draft. I thought it was a very poor draft. Um. Number two are the Chicago Bears. So with the Cole Clement, which I don't – I like Cole Clement. I think he'd be a really solid tight end. The thing is, now you have 10 on your depth chart. So what are you planning on doing with all 10 of them? I, it just makes no sense. It's a head-scratcher um, for me. I like the Jalen Johnson one. I think, you know, he, I, I really like that pick. I think that's going to be a solid play for him. I know he's got some soldier concerns of which – why he kind of fell – um, in the second round, because you know, um, he fell in the second round because of it. But I think he could have been like a first rounder if he could stay healthy. Um, but yeah, like the two offensive linemen they took in the seventh round, they both weren't even on draft radars according to people. So they're not really helping at the moment. So I didn't understand the Chicago Bears draft at all. Um, my third one was the Detroit Lions, mostly because of what they did with the third round or with the third overall pick. I do like Jeff Okuda. Don't get me wrong. The thing is, though, they didn't even beat Miami or LA with that third pick of saying, hey, we're going to go to our Justin Herbert 
to see maybe if they could get a couple more draft picks. Yeah, yeah. and that team's not a Jeffrey Okuda away from being a contender. That's the thing. That's why they wanted to trade that trade down with that pick. Yeah, and they just didn't beat it enough. And I think, yeah, you because know, I'm with you. Yes, they could have got another second, for, or I mean, a first round pick. And you probably still could have got Okuda fifth or sixth year trade with the Dolphins. So it, it makes no sense why they didn't do it. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, my second, the worst, or my next one, my fourth worst one was the C- Seattle Seahawks. Jordan Brooks was a reach for me. Um, I kind of like the potential he has. I just think you could have got him day two. Darrell Taylor was a decent one as well. Um, but I think they should have got a little bit more in the offensive line. They, I think they, yeah, they only picked one offensive lineman that as we could see. I know. Wilson can scramble and all that, but you'd rather not. You'd rather not be able to sit back in the pocket and have some time. So I didn't really think they upgraded that too much because I felt like that was, you know, one of their big concerns. The thing for me with the Seahawks is I'm never doubting John Snyder because he's done such a great job with, with late round picks. Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, Bobby Wagner, or even Russell Wilson he got in the third round. I'm never doubting John Snyder. I'm never I'm never going to make him a loser in any draft. No, I, I, I shouldn't, but I don't know. That kind of – I probably shouldn't. Have, but um, I don't know. I just kind of felt a couple of their picks were reaches. And then I'm with you with the Oakland Raiders and then my fifth one with the Oakland Raiders. Um, Ruggs, look, I don't think you could have gone wrong all three, but I think I'm with you. Lamb was probably the best option out of the three at that choice. Um, Dan Artman, um, Damian Artman, yeah, that was a reach. Lynn Bowden Jr. is an interesting one. Um because he can play wide receiver. We also saw him play quarterback last year in Kentucky. I do like Brian Edwards as well. They they lo- really loaded up at wide receiver. Um, I don't think they got too, really – I don't know. Um, I thought one of their big concerns too was getting better in the secondary. I don't really think they did that. You know, maybe Arnie could step up. And maybe because I know it wasn't even as big of a reach as this one was. But remember last year, Clinton Farrell, when they picked him fourth? Yeah, but I thought that was a total reach because he didn't have that, that great year last year. That was a complete that – that was a total reach. He wasn't bad, I felt like. but That wasn't bad. How many, how many sacks did he have, dude? He had like, like five, four sacks. Come on now. I, I guess Cros- Crosby is probably the best. Crosby, yeah. Yeah, Crosby was drafted in the fourth round better than him. Yeah, Crosby had the better year. But um, Tanner um, Moss, the safety from Clemson um, – he was a guy people thought third day type type of guy, six, you know, sixth round or whatever, and they picked him in the third round. Uh, so I didn't really like Oakland's draft. Again, I know Mike Mayock is kind of the draft specialist, special, you know, why John Gruden wanted him because he's not great in the draft. But he's confused me a lot, Mike Mayock. The last few years he's really confused me since he's been the GM. He has, and um, you know, that's why I got the Raiders fifth uh as my fifth worst of the draft. Gotcha. So, so we're going to wrap up the show talking about the Giants and Patriots draft. So we'll start with the Giants and uh, uh, in the uh, with, obviously with that first pick. Obviously, you know, I wanted uh, I wanted uh, Isaiah Simmons, but as as we as we discussed, uh, they desperately needed the tackle. Isaiah Simmons was there. The team needed that tackle, so I I feel like. I don't mind the, the fact they took that tackle with that pick. You can't complain. You can't be a Giants fan saying, oh, I can't believe they took Andrew Thomas. Daniel Jones needs protection. Yes, I would have liked Isaiah Simmons too, but Daniel Jones needs protect, protection, and that's why they took uh, Andrew Thomas with that pick. Second-round pick was my favorite, obviously my favorite pick of the entire draft for the Giants. I was so happy he fell to them. And that was Xavier McKinney. He's pretty much in it. He could do everything as a safety. He could, he could cover. He could stop the run. I am so excited to have him on our defense. And I'm telling you right now, He's got a great chance to be the best player on this defense next year. I think he might not be as good as Isaiah Simmons, but he's going to be a really, really, really good player in this league. I'm so excited for for Xavier McKinney to be on this team. Third round pick, I thought was a reach. I thought taking Matt Pert in the third round pick was a reach. And I know you're laughing as a UConn guy, and I'm hating on a UConn guy. But but I and I looked and listen. I I looked through uh, Mel's best available on ESPN when they took him, and I couldn't even find him. Okay. I, and, and then you and you got the center from Wisconsin, who was an All American. He's out there, and the Giants are in or center, and the Giants are in need for a center too. That center could have started over Spencer Pulley. Matt Pert is there's no chance he's going to have of starting. And I would have even taken a linebacker or even an edge rusher who'd have more of a chance to impact the team. Matt Pert 
uh, barring there's there is an injury to Soldier or Thomas, there's no way he's going to step on the field. That's why I didn't love that pick, th- th- that third round pick, fourth round pick, getting uh, Darnay Adams. I liked it. I liked it. I think this guy has a good chance to win that nickel corner spot. He's going to compete with. He's going to compete with that nickel corner spot with uh, Corey with Corey Ballantyne and Sam Beal. He has a good chance to be on the field. Darnay Adams. Uh, uh, Darnay Adams has a much better chance to be on the field than Matt Perk does for the Giants this year. I think Adams could potentially be their nickel corner. He's, he's uh, he'll have to compete. He'll definitely compete for the job with Ballantyne and uh, and Beal, but he has a chance to be their nickel corner. Uh, their uh, their fifth round pick they got a Sh- uh, Shane Lemieux out of Oregon, and and here's just pretty much just for a depth. I mean, if, if Hernandez or uh, Zeitler goes down, he's pretty much there for depth. And then you look at the fifth, the fifth, the, the sixth and seventh round picks. They picked five guys, four linebackers, which was which was a surprise. They took mystery relevant and Tate Crowder, uh, Cam Brown from Penn, they took a Penn State guy and Cam Brown. So they took uh, Brunson, one of the linebackers out of uh, out of uh, South Carolina, and then Chris Williamson, the corner out of uh, out of Minnesota. So yeah, so I would hope they took some linebackers a little bit. Uh, a little bit, maybe the third or fourth or fifth round, because I, I, I think this team. I, I'm not in love with Blake Martinez as other Giant fans are. I still think this, the Giants are in need for linebackers, and I wish they 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 addressed that earlier in the draft. And I and so looking at overall, I'm going to give the Giants a B for this draft, and I think the big reason why is. The pick of uh, Andrew Thomas, even though, and I've said this many times, wasn't my first choice. I think he's a, I think he's a, he's going to be a good tackle in this league. And then the pick of, I really, really love the pick of Xavier McKinney. But why I give it a B and not an A is because I would have wanted Isaiah Simmons being the number four pick. That was my first choice. And then them reaching for Matt Pert in the third round. I didn't like that. So that's why I give this draft. I give the overall grade for me for this draft is a B. Man, hating on the UConn guys. Uh, but uh, uh, I, how bad UConn football is, you can't blame people to hate on UConn guys. Come on now. He was a, kind of with a one bright spot on that offensive line, the three games that I watched last year. I'll give the Giants a B2. Um, Andrew Thomas, you couldn't go wrong. I know we talked about it earlier. Couldn't go wrong. I had Wharfs there. Um, then Xavier McKinney, yeah, I think it's a really soft pick because I had him going 17 or 18 to the Cowboys, whatever pick they had. And you get him at 36. I was hoping he was going to fall at 37 to come to New England, but uh, yes, took him from us. That Parrot. He's a developmental guy. He's big at six foot seven, three eighteen. He only started playing football sophomore year of high school, so he's still kind of learning. I think this could be a solid pick in a few years. Um, the only and I think your secondary got a, a a lot better this weekend as well. I really like what they what they did with the secondary. And the only complaint I'm kind of with you, Steve, is the the only thing is the worst you now. You, you know, the worst part of that defense last year, it's kind of the edge rusher. They didn't really have much much of that at all. I think they should have gone into that earlier in the draft um, just to get an edge rusher because that was they're probably their biggest weakness. Yeah, I definitely and, – and now they've, they've given um, uh, Marcus Golden the uh, unrestricted uh, free agency tender where if he – uh, he doesn't sign with another team. The Giants will get Marcus Golden back. So, and I wouldn't mind bringing Golden back on a one-year deal. He had t- yes, he's not a great player. But he had ten sacks last year. He'll, he'll help this defensive line. And, and I agree with you there. I would have taken an edge rusher too. Yeah. So uh, that's you know that's kind of my wrap uh, summary of the Giants. I think it overall, I think it was a really solid um, draft for the Giants. And you know, and there's always kind of that concern with Gettleman. Do they take that big? Re- you know, does he? As we've seen, he kind of reaches for a guy or two but i don't know if you know you know i don't really think he did that i think you know i really like what they did um in the draft i think you know they got better last weekend so we'll go to the patriots draft and uh they trade their first round pick so that's a little bit of a uh i have to, I have to take some points off of there you didn't get you, you traded for i know belichick does that all the time they trade their first round pick had a bunch of second and third round picks two second round picks getting uh, Kyle Duggar and uh, J- Joshua Uchi from uh, Michigan. Kyle Duggar from that division. I don't know what the name of the Division II school was, but I hear he's Duggar's a decent player, but also it was kind of a reach because you're taking a guy from a D2 school, okay? And he's also a guy looking, looking – you have Chung and McCourty. Even though McCourty's getting old, so this may be a future pick because, you know, McCourty's getting a little bit older. And, and I did lose Deron Harmon, so I think it makes a little bit of sense. So, But also he's a guy from a D2 school, but I've heard he's a really good athlete, and, and I hear that he definitely could contribute on this defense. The, the best two picks I felt like in this draft for the Patriots was their uh, – their one of their other second round picks, and that was a uh, Josh uh, Uchi from uh, 
from Michigan. I think he's a he's probably their best probably their best draft pick. Really, really versatile player. He can get pressure on the quarterback. He can play. He can pretty much play everywhere outside linebacker, inside linebacker, defensive end. Really, really versatile player for that for that team. So I think you know when you lose Kyle Van Noy, you lose uh, Jamie Collins. That really helps that defense there. Um, uh, the, with one of their picks in the third round was uh, uh, Al. Uh, <laughs> you keep messing up his name, uh, Anthony Jennings. So I, I think, and, and looking at Anthony Jennings, I mean, he's a good player, can stop the run, can blitz. He had eight sacks last year for uh, for Alabama, so he's another versatile player. You know, Belichick loves those versatile players. So I think his plan in this draft is to replace Van Noy and Collins with uh, with more versatile players. Belichick loves versatility. He doesn't like he doesn't like guys that can do one thing. He likes guys that can do multiple things. And you look at two of the uh, the two of the two. Uh, two of their other first uh, third round picks and no surprise with who they pick knowing the Patriots history. I mean, obviously we won't say one of the other, we won't say one of the tight ends names they picked 10 years ago with that pick. I was with Gronkowski, but knowing the Patriots history, getting, getting a uh, Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene. And so they have that, they, they can use a lot of those two tight end sets, and, but I just don't feel like it's going to be the, they're going to duplicate what they did in 2010 at that and, and get the production they got of those two tight ends. I just don't feel why. And, and, and obviously look at the rest of the draft. They, they took a kicker, which I just didn't think made a lot of sense. We had Jacob from on the board. And you didn't draft the quarterback. So my overall draft grade for the Patriots is a C. And I think the, the, the fact that I'm giving it a C and they're one of the, and, and as I said earlier, they were one of the losers, losers in this draft was I, they didn't address the receiver position. This was a very, very weak position. Uh, probably a big reason why Tom Brady didn't want to agree to terms with the Patriots uh, and end his career here is because the lack of, 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 of playmakers on the perimeter. And the Patriots in the deepest receiver draft, deepest receiver draft, didn't take a receiver. And and to me, that made absolutely no sense to me is not to take a receiver. Uh, it just made it made no sense. I mean, they need they, they want to do this. They want to act like it's 2010. There's uh, two tight ends. Hope they get the same production like they did then. You're just hoping there. And I, you need to improve at receiver. And this team didn't do that. And I'll last one and a big reason why I gave the Patriots a C was they did. They didn't draft anyone to replace Tom Brady. They're pretty much relying on Jared Stidham to be the day one starter. And, and that's true because they have no interest in Cam, which is another move that's beyond me why they have no interest in Cam. So the Patriots, to me, it's a, uh, the Patriots. What do you say? It sounds like, sorry, it sounded like it's cap-wise is why they can't sign them. That's what it sounds like. Because they figure it, figure it out. You have Jared Stidham starting day one. Day one, you have Jared Stidham. I mean, have fun losing 20-13, to 17-10, 24-17 games all season. Because that seems like that's the way the Patriots season, season is going to go this year. And it's, their offense is absolutely terrible. Their defense is really good, but their offense, I mean, they thought it was bad last year with Brady. It's going to be much worse with Stidham. And I think that the the Patriots really failed in this draft to get uh, a, a, a playmaker on the outside and and and, 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 a, and a quarterback in here. So I think they failed in that aspect. Yeah, and being a Patriot fan, I should probably never doubt Bill Belichick and his ways. But uh, uh, Here's one thing you have to doubt about Belichick. you got to doubt his drafting. His drafting, even when the Patriots were have been really good, he has not drafted that well. That's not his one. That's his weakness in him being a general manager. Is his draft coach slash GM? Is his drafting? So that's why I think it's it, you can doubt that. He cut some of his middle kind of picks have been pretty good to later rounds, but that's really about it. Most of his early round picks have not turned out to be what they thought. This is the one theory that I have here about why they've not upgraded the offense. And believe me, I'm against not getting a wide receiver or quarterback, especially with Fromm there at in the fifth round still. I feel like Belichick thought there was not that guy out there that's going to change his offense. So let's just stack the defense and just try to be try to keep our defense in every game we play. Because as you mentioned, being a Patriot fan, I watched every game last year and Brady really couldn't help this offense out. And now you got Jared Stenham coming in and probably going to be your starter today one. I don't know. Yeah, I, I. That's the only thing I can think of is he just stacked defense as much as he could and just let's try to give up as least points as possible. Um, yeah, it could be a very long year for New England. Um, but going to the draft, um, I think I give it a C, and I think a lot of these guys really fit Belichick's style. Is which I'm kind of excited about a little bit is they kind of fit of what Bill likes to do. Um, but it, like, other than that, it really wasn't, you know, 
Dan, it was nothing special. Um, I don't understand, but he, for some reason, always in the fifth round, he loves drafting a specialist. Last year it was Jake Bailey. This year it's uh, Justin Rothwerser, I think is pronounced it. Like, I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know why you don't get a wide receiver. I like Kyle Duger. His, you know, I mean, his NFL comparison is Patrick Chung. I think it's Josh Chua or Amphrey Jet- Jennings. One of the two, their comparison is Kyle Van Noy. So, yes, it seems like he is just replacing guys here with the guys he lost in the offseason. So, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of, you know, what the comparisons. I'm excited to see. Dalton Keen, I heard, is pretty versatile as now Jane Devlin just retired yesterday. So I feel like he could probably he's probably going to be our fullback because that's last year I forgot who but it was a linebacker playing fullback I can't remember his name it was Orlando Roberts playing fullback yeah yeah that's who it was um but so I think probably don't he's probably going to fill that hole um but other than that I don't really think it was a great draft especially they they drafted a couple offensive linemen in the tight end but again I just you know I was hoping to get a shiny new offensive wide receiver this weekend or quarterback developmental around or developing of a from or Eason and especially could both those guys fit our defense. Um yeah Kyle that I I'm I'm hopefully yes I love Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields next year. That's what I'm kind of hoping if I should buy a jersey now and just put Lawrence or Fields on the back of it. Yeah that would that yeah Kyle's right about that. That would be that would be really big for the Patriots if they can get one of those two guys. I mean that's that, that would pretty much kind of save this franchise right now which is kind of it is in decline because of because of them not able to agree with with Brady leaving. So that would be that would be big if they could get Fields or uh, for Lawrence. Is it am I a bad fan if I cheer for us to tank this year? Like am I a bad fan? I know I've seen a lot of I know, I know, I know you've seen you've seen you've seen Facebook statuses about that. Hey, you know what? I don't I don't do that personally. I don't ever cheer for my team to lose. I but 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 yeah, if you if you want if you want to go out and get Trevor Lawrence, that kind of that probably is a little that is smart because you know if you keep staying in the middle like this, you're never gonna be back to where you where you are. So maybe the best thing for the Patriots is to maybe go, even though with Belichick it's impossible. I think they're going six and ten, but say they go four and twelve or three and thirteen, and then they get a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Field, that definitely is the player that that will turn that franchise around. Yeah, definitely. Just like kind of Brady did, even though at the time as a six rounder, nobody really thought Brady was in a, you know, stepping to do what he did. So um, we're going to really, you know, yeah, it's going to be weird without, with uh, such bad quarterback play next year. But, you know, it is what it is. Exactly, exactly. So that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R&J. For my co-host, uh, Justin D'Onofrio, I'm Steve Risser. And we also want to thank uh, Joseph Joe Aguirre again for producing our show. Uh, while, we, while, we can't, while we can't get into the studio, we want to absolutely thank him for taking the time to produce, to produce our show today. So thank you very, very, very much, Joe. And we'll be back, and, and, yeah. and we'll be back next week uh, we're all, and uh, doing this show, probably talking about, you know, League starting, league start, league starting back up. Baseball, uh, starts, uh, talking about league starting up again. So we hope, we hope we can get, we could be, we hope next week we we'll talking about getting sports back up, getting leagues back up. We hope, we, we hope that'll be happening. And have a great weekend, everybody.